Hi, I'm Lindsay Boomershine, brand manager of High Five Gear. H5G has thousands of designs to choose from and no hidden artwork fees. How awesome is that? Have your jersey tell your story. Order online at www.high5gear.com today. Add H5G into your wardrobe and show off your individuality. Use code ABOVE180 at checkout for $20 off any H5G style. Order today and enjoy high5gear.com. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Hi, this is Norm Duke. You're listening to Above180.com with Tim Berg. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes. Approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me on the Above180.com podcast is Dr. Dean Hinnance. Dr. Dean is a sports psychologist that's worked with some of the best PBA players in the world and also some of the best teams in the world. Dr. Dean, it's Tim Berg here. Thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you. Uh, it's been a while since we talked. I, I love uh, getting a chance to do this uh, with you again, uh, particularly now. You know, it's a, it's a hot time. So uh, thanks for thanks for tapping me in. Sure thing. Well, Dean, so I want to begin, and obviously we're going to split our time amongst topics, but I have to begin with things going on with uh, COVID-19. And I want to begin, because this is something that people had to start dealing with in March, and there was that you know, all the things started getting shut down. The, you know, college tournaments were shut down. We heard the USBC was postponed at the time. Now it's canceled and, um, and junior gold is canceled. And I, I guess I want you from, from your perspective, how should people be handling these events being closed and just the disappointment of not having these events to bowl that in some cases, you know, for junior gold, it's a once a year and, and the nationals too. And, you know, they're once a year type events, and now they're gone. They're taken away from them. And it could have been their last junior goal. It could have been their last collegiate tournament. Yeah, it's, you know, some things are just undeniably sad. We've got those who are bumping up at the top of their age limit for things like junior gold. We've got high school seniors and, you know, had high school bowling and their their last uh, season is all those sorts of things. And to to pretend, you know, sort of, you know, glass half full, you know, let's let, you know, let's put a cheery face on it. That would be unrealistic. I, I think sometimes life just says this one was a this was a tough hit. But going forward, there are two ways to look at things, and one is like this is really a problem, and the other is this is a circumstance. Like this is how it is. And if we live in a sort of a more of a victim's mentality, like we've got this problem, we just got to sort of be in our bomb shelter till till the weather passes. It's a really sort of disempowered position. And what's happening is here. It's like gravity. Is, is gravity a problem? I guess it is. If you're trying to ride your bike, you can get hurt, but, but it's part of the thing that makes the bike go. And so 
the question has to be, given the circumstance, and who knows how long this goes, what's my move? What are my options? And to, to sort of change our paradigm and you know, forgive this <laughs> lengthy answer right out of the get-go, it's, it's sort of like the thing has changed. It's as if you're moving uh, houses, and anyone who's moved has known this. You sort of go, okay, I'm moving houses. It's going to be different. What am, I, what am I going to leave behind? Like, what should I not take with me? I have a chance. I'm going. I can leave some things behind. Um, what am I taking with, for sure, to this new place? And then what do I want to have that I didn't have before? What am I going to put in this house I didn't have before? And since the, there's just a few things that people can work with, like their, you know, your fitness level, your, um, your craft, there's different ways to still work on your skills, your mental game, for sure, that's my business. And for some people, they'd say they're like their spiritual game, their self-actualization or finding the potential game. Those four things, that's it. And the question is, what do I leave behind? What do I take? What am I, you know, what am I keeping, as I said? And what do I want to have new that I never had before? And that's the move in, in a nutshell. Well, not really a nutshell, a big nutshell right there. Well, it is a big nutshell, and then what we're starting to see, too, across the country as some centers and areas begin to reopen, how do we, I mean, the the virus is real. Like, we can say what we want if we want to say, well, it only affects this amount of people, and, and I'm not in a risk category, what have you. It is real, though. What should what do you, What do you think we should be doing when we are getting back out? And then there's even talk to that person who may have a little bit of apprehension to head to a bowling center because... There's a lot of different touch points at bowling centers. Yeah. You know, we had this uh, conversation before we got in the air, and I, uh, it was really sort of rewoke me up to some things along this line. I think, uh, this, you know, despite anybody's point of view and all the news and politics and everything else, most everybody agrees germ theory is real still. And we just, the way to treat life, it's just a point of view, but uh, like we did when somebody had the flu, uh, we go, okay, now what do we do? And all the things people did, we'll just be a little bit more mindful of. I think there's one substantial change, or maybe a couple. I mean, high fives are going to be something that people have to be thoughtful about, and a little bit of distancing, and I don't know if, if people will wear masks or not. There is one thing that's different. You know, uh, people oftentimes talk about the Michael Jordan game against the uh, against uh, the Utah Jazz years ago where he played, you know, he was ill and he was dying. He had the flu and this intensive temperature, and he went out there in game six of the finals, and he played anyway, and he gutted it out and had the game-winning shot, and everybody applauds him. <laughs> These days, uh, we go, no, don't don't come and gut it out on league night, even though you're feeling terrible, you know. Um, the, there's a different ethic around what we do to take care of each other. And if there's a change when we go back to the bowling centers, it's just probably to be mindful of some things like how am I moving in space with other people? And and then, uh, you know, some of the basic rules are, are, are not too hard to follow. It's just there's some things that people do with hands and touch that, that I think they were unconscious about before that now we're sort of awake and aware. And from my point of view, awake and aware isn't really bad. It's, uh, it's, part, of, it's part of the game. That's how we get better in the physical game. We can become awake and aware of how our bodies move in space and when our thumbs come out of the hole and whether or not we're solid at the line. And 
now we're going to be awake and aware uh, around how we move in relationship to each other. It's probably good for our mental games in, in some other ways if we think about it like that. So, Dr. Dean, I posted on Twitter that we were going to be chatting today, and it's at above 180 if anyone isn't following us where you've been. But but the, the, the general consensus I received was people, how do we convince or how do we get our fellow bowlers if they're not in that mass camp, how do we convince them to be in that mass camp to help slow the spread of the virus and we all can get back to bowling? Is there a, a way to... Is there a way we can tactfully or, or untactfully, frankly, uh, convince that person who isn't in the mass camp? Or, or how do we handle that? Or is that up to us to handle? You know, it's always up to everyone to handle what happens in your space. And so, like, if you were in a and, – and, again, you and I, Tim, we're in a position to not – we're not taking a, a stance about what somebody's politics or belief system should be. But your question is really a question about how humans behave around each other. And if you were in a place, let's say you're bowling with your kids at Saturday, you go down in the afternoon, and somebody next to you is using super foul language, and they're cussing, and, and they're being loud, and, and you know, you're, you're sort of flinching when they're, when they're bowling next to you. You go, well, how should we handle that? And some people would go, oh, well, it's just their right to say whatever they want. We have this free speech thing. And we go, yeah, but gosh, I'm over here with my kids. And... You know, the move is to say is probably to address them in some way that's non-confrontative and just go, gosh, it's uncomfortable for me here. You know, could do you mind making an adjustment? And probably 80 percent of the time people go, oh, hey, yeah, dude, my bad. I get it. This makes it better for you. I'll make the change. And every now and then, I mean, it's sort of the limits of your power to do something. Uh, and so we take care of our space. Somebody tells an off-color joke or something that's demeaning or they do some sort of racist thing. We just sort of you have to decide what are the limits of what I would tolerate before I'd say, I'm really uncomfortable right now. And in this case, since we don't know, we just don't know, you know, do you, you know, does this work or not work? You, you sort of go with the most, um, when I say you want to, when pe- you go with the person who has the most boundaries, if someone wants to handshake and someone else just you know, wants to hug, you just go with the handshake because that's where their boundaries are. If someone needs you to be masked around them so that they can be comfortable and feel safe, and they might actually have science on their side, I don't know. You go with the person that has the most conservative boundaries. It's just a sign of respect with language, with content of jokes, with physical contact, and and probably the same with masks. So, Dean, you brought this up uh, a little bit ago regarding the the no high fives, and and when we do get back bowling, there will be changes. That's also, I mean, that's going to affect our psyche on the lanes too. There's some people, they need that, that high five is what keeps them going after they make a good shot. Uh, any thoughts on how to, how to keep that, keep that teammate up, keep that league made up who you're bowling with uh, when, when you're not able to, you know, give the high five or fist bump? Well, given that league night is like my favorite night of the, the week still, um, it's it's interesting. People have been giving high fives mostly unconsciously, and now what it's going to require, whether you do an air five or an air elbow thing or, you know, what's going to have to happen is people make eye contact, nod their head, smile if you can, if you know, through your mask. Um, you can do an air one. But the more conscious attempt to, to make contact with people could even be more effective. 
like the purpose of a high five is what, dude, I see you. I saw your shot. I'm with you. I love you, whatever it is. Well, we have to put some energy into that now. We can't, we can't just coast on the physical act, which a lot of times for people is just a thing. They're, they're texting and high-fiving, you know? Now, you gotta, you got to be awake. you got to be on it. And you got to make sure the other person made eye contact with you. It could be done better. We might have to now. And one of the things you also hit on that we can be doing during this time if we're not bowling is preparing ourselves mentally. What's a tip for someone to do that? who hasn't, maybe they haven't hit the lane since March, since this whole thing began, and and uh, and they're not sure when they're going to hit the lanes again. Well, this is just a, such a tremendous opportunity. I'm just going to reiterate, you've got four things you can work on. This is it. Anybody, any athlete, you've got your body and what kind of fitness, fitness and shape and flexibility you're going to be in. Uh, you have your skill stuff, and that you, there's so many things on YouTube and you know, you go to the Kegel site and they've got drills you can do at home. I, I think uh, there's some other people out there who are doing some things. I don't know if Rick Benoit still got his, his academy, there, but I'm just listing a couple. There's lots. And you go, okay, what what are drills I can do at home? How can I how can I develop my skill? You know, there's a lot of bowling centers open now, so you have some practice you can do. Mental game work, as we said, you know, there's tons out there i've got some books out there i'm doing webinars but there's certainly other people doing stuff too and then what is this forcing me to change and those are the big four you can make some decisions now like i really want your listeners to hear this you look at how you've been competing it's like oh i've always been someone who was scared or always like if it was the 10th and there were you know i had despair to win i would i would just cringe or i'd be nervous and i'd you know, if I made it, then I'm good. And if I missed it, I hated myself. And all these patterns that we had, now is your time to go, God, same thing with moving the house. This is who I was. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to get smaller when the lights go on. I'm going to get bigger. You know, I'm not going to, I'm going to start viewing the nature of bowling. The awesomeness of it is the unpredictable nature of it. If you pulled up a video game and I said, okay, we're going to play Call of Duty or Fortnite or any of the old, you know, Pac-Man for old school. I said, tell you what, we got this video game. This is great news. Me and Tim, we rigged this thing so that there's no opponents. <laughs> like you Call of Duty and no one shoots back at you, you know, Fortnite and you can just get your goal. Pac-Man and there's nothing that eats you. You just go through the maze and you go. I don't even want to play this video game. There's no adversity. There's nothing that challenges me. I don't have to grow to meet it. Nothing. But somehow people forget to translate that to their bowling. Like, no, I'm going to to come out of this period and I'm going to start looking at adversity as an awesome chance to test myself like I'm supposed to be. And I have a chance to be work on the part of the mental toughness game that says mental toughness means I'm willing to be vulnerable even when there's imaginary dragons circling around me and mental toughness means I'm just flipping going for stuff without having to control the outcome. Like how it turns out is how it turns out. I'm going to be so mentally tough. I don't even control how it ends. And you start working on this stuff now. So they become just flipping amazing when you get to compete again. It's like, I'm going to use this time for, to transform. I don't like all the parts of who I was. I'm going to, I want to become the thing that I'm going to become. Well, and conversely, 
No, that's a very concise answers is what you give Dr. Dean. And along those same lines, I've seen some people too use this time as a, a transformation. You mentioned health and fitness. You know, at the beginning, there are all these jokes of people, you know, people gaining weight and, you know, using that kind of humor to, to just make themselves feel better or feel more comfortable in things. But I've seen people go the opposite way and actually lose a bunch of weight because they're able to focus on on that as an issue for them or, you know, it was something they were a little bit overweight and wanted to drop that pound or two or, or 15. But that's just something I think we can do that in our game as well. So also, I'm guessing when we do get back on the lanes, though, we have to have a little bit of grace as far as our game goes and, and not, you know, expect to come back right where we left off if we haven't picked up a bowling ball in, in three months or four months even. Right. Well, if you define yourself like, oh, my whole definition of me is my timing's perfect. And, you know, I get, I get the roll on the ball that I, you know, can re- repeat every time and all this. And if, if you think of yourself as a bowling trophy, you know, every now and then you'll have a moment and go, yeah, that was awesome. And then most of the time not, <laughs> but if you define yourself as an athlete, which is we're designed for struggle and I'm designed to, to execute a shot and, and just be curious, like, you know, I'm a learner, like people who have to be perfect are, they're fragile, like they're porcelain, like I'm perfect or, or some part of my own brain executes myself, you know, before you can execute me, they're fragile. And people go, no, I'm an athlete. I strive, I struggle, I fall, I learn, I grow. Sometimes, you know, I chuck one in the ditch and I come back and I figure out why. If you start identifying yourself as a, as a champion, that that's the way champions go for things. You know, I'm gonna I'm I'm on the way I'm on the way to amazing. But part of amazing is my willingness to do this. And when people define themselves as in process, if you're doing the thing you love, if you don't love bowling, maybe don't do it. I hate to say it like that, but if you do love it. Like I'm learning doing the thing I love. If you're on TV, if you're on the show and the lights are on, you go, God, I failed, but I failed doing the thing I love. And you start identifying yourself as somebody who's on a path of mastery and everything that happens on that path is good because you're on it. You're you're like, this is awesome. And you stop measuring yourself by the, you know, what happened in the fourth frame or the fourth game. You start measuring yourself by the long game that you're in. And then, you know, tie your identity to that, you're going to be golden. Need to remind folks, BowlingThisMonth.com, bowling's best and most comprehensive technical resource all at your fingertips. Seeing lots of great articles. They cover everything on the website there. They have the ball reviews down your left-hand side. You can check out some of the latest and greatest new equipment that's out there on the market. Lots of great companies making good equipment these days. So once you do get back on the lanes, check all that stuff out. And also check out your articles, coaching tips, all sorts of uh, very good articles. Bill Semsrot and the crew there do a great job. So again, check out bowlingthismonth.com. Don't forget to also check out h5gbrands.com. Dr. Dean, we are just chatting about masks. They have your full assortment of masks you can get with all your uh, your favorite logos on there from the companies and ball manufacturers. So again, check all that stuff out at h5gbrands.com. If you're looking for a jersey, though, you want to go there. They have some a great PBA replica jerseys, if that's what you're into. They also have, if they want to design you a jersey for this year, your team for a jersey this year for, for your league that's going to be starting up, coming up here 
soon. Again, check out h5gbrands.com and use promo code ABOVE180. That will get you $20 off your order. Promo code ABOVE180. Check everything out at h5gbrands.com. They'll walk you through the process. No hidden artwork fees, thousands of designs. Check everything out again, h5gbrands.com. All right, well, Dean, we focused on a lot of the the amateur side of this, uh, I'm sure you, you do still have some, some professional clients. What are you, what's your advice to them? Not specifically, obviously, but what's, I mean, to a specific player, but what's your advice to them? If maybe they've, they haven't been able to bring a check in and how long, you know, they haven't been able to do their profession, their, their livelihood. What advice do you have for one, you know, a pro like that? And then even, I know we have proprietors who listen and people who maybe they work at a bowling center, they're pin chasers, bartenders, um, work the front desk. What's your, what's your comment or what, what can you say to them if they're going through kind of the same thing of, of what's next for them? Yeah. There's some distinctions when you, I, you know, thinking furiously and fastly as you speak, fastly is a word. And, if we made a, an essential distinction between people who are in the industry, there's those whose whose livelihoods are tied to it, and those who you know who are playing because they love it or it's fun or they go to a t- tournament or even a regional on the weekend, but but their life hasn't been so centered around it. And then we have people who are on tour, like this is my this is my primary income, my primary identity, and my primary income, plus all the other people who are working in the industry, like you said, and. You know, some of the things that we talked about are exactly what I would talk to one of the tour players I work with about. Like, okay, let's see where you've been, what your results have been, who you've been, and where we're going. You know, we really we really want to have a time of visioning. Some of the other people who are reliant on, the, on what's happening here, you know, to, to excel during a time of change like this, the rules of bowling are in play. Like... What we know, any of us who are in this sport, is that the oil moved. And it's like, what do I do when the oil moves? It's like, okay, my line has changed, my shot has to change, and, you know, it might change surfaces, but the the thought is, there's a way for me to thrive right now. People are, but I can't do it the way I did it. And some people are going to have to have some uh, supportive incomes in some other places, and uh, they're going to have to look at the kinds of things they did before. As I say, nobody, nobody sort of succeeds in anything from my point of view alone. So you start saying, who, who should I have around me right now? Who are my coaches? Who are my mentors? Who, what are the, what are the essential support systems I should have? What are the essential practices? What are the disciplines I have to put in, put in place? And the oil has moved. So for some people, it means they're going to have to, for a while at least, get an income in another way, um, or they're going to have to, well, they're going to have to adjust sort of how they practice, where they practice, and how long it's going to be before they get a certain amount of their income in a, in a specific way. The oils change for everybody, and some people stand where they were and go, "This is supposed to strike here, and it won't anymore." And other people go, it moved, I'm moving. I don't even know how to do it yet in the new place, but I am moving. And if we define ourselves again as striving, thriving, falling, picking up, growing, struggling, that's my identity and I'm in it. You get to feel successful even if you're not striking yet. 
Well, and my guess is for these people that do usually find their identities on the lanes as a pro bowler, it's it's a, a chance for them to maybe explore outside of that and do something that maybe takes them out of their comfort zone. Everybody's going to have to be moved out of comfort zone. If you don't, you're not changing, you're not growing. And uh, sort of the biggest curse you could write in somebody's high school yearbook is don't ever change. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh. And the biggest curse I would say to somebody in this pandemic time is I'd say, if you're the same coming out of this as you were when we went into it, you're going backwards. Like things are changing and it's an opportunity for adjustment, transformation on all those four areas that I talked about. And if you're exactly where you were when we come out of this, you missed your shot from my point of view. And Dr. Dean, we talk about bowlers growing on different levels. One thing that I saw posted recently by professional bowler Josh Blanchard was really exploring. He was doing some self-exploring as far as his social media habits. And it was uh, interesting to see the way he worded things that we can be on, in his opinion, we can be on social media too much. And and I'd love to get your perspective on that and the insight you you gleaned from a a comment like that that Josh made and and sometimes how bowlers are too much involved on social media. So... Um, I'll answer your question on a couple of levels. You know, Josh, and I, I got to sort of give him props here. He's, he's a, definitely a student of the mental game anyway, and uh, an author in his own right. But what he's noticing is an, an addictive, you know, process. And, you know, people get these little, <laughs> if you think about this, what makes an addiction is you get little dopamine hits every time you uh, exercise a behavior. and Pretty soon it takes you out of, just being able to be present where you are. And I think what Josh's observation was, you know, instead of talking about your life, my life and life as it ought to be or life as it was, I I think I'll get into life as it is and get off of this screen, (laughs) which I think is super sound advice. You know, I'll tune into uh, social media sometimes because I genuinely want to know, particularly the players that I'm working with, uh, I want to know what's happening with them and they're posting things. But I will tell you this as an aside, Every now and then, uh, I'll work with a player on tour, and they're going into a big tournament, and I'll say, would you be willing to win this thing if you weren't allowed to post your win on Facebook? And would you be willing to do the squads from now on and not post your squad results? And at first, they stiffen. So what do you mean? This is, I go, let's really look at what this is, because instead of sort of keeping your mind really close to the ball and close to the artistic excellence of what you're doing and having the sport itself be your grand reward, you're shifting to making your grand reward what you get to put on the, on the screen, what you get to put out there on Facebook land. And I want to get back to having the experience of your life, the love of the ball coming off your hand and the reflections after the game. I want this to be the main thing. Because when I was out on tour years ago, it was. Yeah, not me as a player, but working with players out on tour. Now people are literally thinking about what they're going to post while they're playing. And so I'll pull them off of there. I'll say, no, you know, if they're willing to be coached by me in this way, we're not posting on Facebook this whole tournament. And if you win it, you're still not posting. And it's an amazingly freeing experience. There really aren't discussions on Facebook because I don't, when I witness them, I don't see an authentic curiosity. And true discussion says, you know, the, the nature of the word relationship is to relate. 
like, we'll pull up to the campfire. You tell me what you saw on your hike that day. I'll tell you what I saw on mine, and we'll sort of match notes, and we'll talk about the nature of hiking with some curiosity. And now there's a sort of a stiffening of position. I think people are even fearful, not just resistant to other points of view. It's like they've dumped so much money in a slot machine, they're afraid to change machines. Like, what if these belief systems that I've been extolling for so long, oh, my gosh, if if I don't endorse them even harder, um, my fear of that, like, I'll, I'll be embarrassed or humiliated or I won't even know who I am. Like we don't we don't really argue about stuff. If you it, that we know, like if you know heart of hearts that two plus two is four, you go. I'm pretty clear about this. If you get into a chat room and people are arguing two plus two is five or two plus two is seven, after about a minute you'll go. I think I'm just in the wrong room. <laughs> I'm pretty clear about what I'm clear about. There's there's not going to be a lot of room to change my point of view. Probably if I think two plus two is four. And I'm really clear I'm not changing yours. I have never in my ever heard of somebody said, I really believe this strongly. And then I, I was looking at Facebook on Tuesday and everything changed for me. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> yeah. All I see is people who are so fearful about their position that they comes out in anger. Like, oh, I need to present this so that I don't have to even be curious about another point of view. Well, and on that note, Dr. Dean, we'll uh, let you run here, but I do want to give you a chance. People can go to drdeanhinnons.com. Got a lot of great stuff there. I really like your website, but what can people get once they head there? It looks like you're doing all sorts of things, but but just uh, l- talk a little bit about your website. Well, the, thank you, drdeanhinnons.com. I, I pretty much probably needs to be updated because we're doing things pretty frequently now. I've been working in conjunction with with Kegel and Brent Sims over there um, uh, with a webinar series, really deepening people's mental game. And uh, I'm taking my own medicine. I'm using this time to to develop some new material and, and to go with uh, into the mental game with a depth that I, I don't think I've really done in a public way before. And so we've been doing a series of webinars there and, We'll have another one coming up actually in the next couple of weeks. We don't, I'll, I'll post the date. It's going to be called something like this, a, a game of risk. So how to step through the doorway to success. And, but that always involves, if you're going to the next place, you gotta, you gotta leave the one, the one that you've been sort of firmly grounded in and risk is part of this. It's what's exciting and fun, but so new webinars and new material and a, a depth that I don't think, uh, I've even explored publicly before, and, and we're going for it. So that that's what's new. All right. Well, Dr. Dean Hinnance, again, want to thank you for being here today on the Above180.com podcast. All the best of luck with everything, and, and uh, certainly we'll be catching up with you again down the road. I love it, Tim. It's uh, just a pleasure to be with you and appreciate you and, and our listeners today, and thank you. And uh, we'll connect soon, okay? Best to all.